If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. My goodness, it's not bitter, and it is a pleasure to be here. You can email me your thoughts, opinions, your adoration and praise is also accepted. Got a little bit of that early this this morning. I always appreciate it, folks. It is my pleasure My pleasure to be here, and we have a lot to tackle. You know, what I want to start today with, and I've been, bear with me, i got a lot of things here to manage behind the scenes. Yesterday, of course, I will talk about impeachment. We'll talk about the 25th Amendment. President Trump, excuse me, Vice President Pence has said that he's not going to enact the 25th Amendment. To the shock and dismay of the media, Nancy Pelosi, the radical unhinged left that is now uh, ruling this nation, apparently. And we've got Republicans that are on board with impeachment as well. And you know this. I don't, I'm not going to, what I want to start with, I don't want to go too much into impeachment. I want to finish the thought, but I'm going to start by talking about the media versus talk radio. I, I saw a tweet yesterday from, Jim, very fake news Acosta. And um, so I want to start there, but I do want to summarize impeach, you know, just really quickly, we'll get to impeachment um, later on in the program. But again, you know from before, because we've seen this almost exactly a year ago, we've seen that um, we've seen that there's a process in the House where they can impeach the president. And then they send that. That just takes a simple majority. Then they send it over to the Senate where it takes two-thirds of the Senate, which would be 67. 67 in case any uh, radical leftist socialist is listening. Two-thirds means out of, out of every three senators, two of them have to – and I'm teasing. Take it easy. Lighten up. But I, you have to admit to your radical socialist and thinks everything's free. Your math skills, they need to be – this is why I'm saying this. And take it easy. I love you. But two out of three senators have to vote for that every two out of you know two out of every three. So there's not 99 senators. If there were 99, that would mean 66. So there's a hundred. So then you have to round up because there's not a third of a senator. There might be senators that use a third of their uh, brain and thinking. There might be a third, uh, you know, a senator who's uh, to be taken one third seriously. Actually, we got a lot of those. <clears throat> If we were to actually add up the percentage of these 
senators and congressmen, but since we're talking about the Senate, if we were to add up, if we were to say this senator is, we should take them, you know, they're they're 1% sincere, and there's probably quite a few of those. I don't even know if we'd have a dozen senators if we added all that up. Anyway, I don't want to digress, but I I just want you to know, I see impeachment. Um, I see the what the the twenty fifth amendment. Pence has rejected that notion. Here we are. Remember, we're one week from the end of, of of President Trump's term. In fact, when it's noon today, folks, noon today, what is it? The thirteenth of January. There will be seven days exactly, seven twenty four hour periods, a total of one hundred sixty eight hours separating you from the Biden inauguration. And me, I'm in this with you. I'm just saying this. And I'm talking to you. So, um, why on earth? Why the <laughs> this defies logic? This this goes to show that th- this will be a government based upon uh, retribution. They're they're ready to get back at anyone. In fact, you've seen uh, who is it? Forbes magazine already blacklisting people that were working in the Trump administration and Trump allies or whatever their definition is. They, this is going to be about political retribution they can't have this again they can't have president trump again they can't have um someone that's going to challenge and expose these jokers for who they are and how how much problem how many problems they've caused this great nation anyway we'll get into all that into more detail in a bit but i want to say i want to say off the top i I saw this uh, tweet yesterday from the great Jim Acosta, CNN, very fake news, Jim Acosta. And let me read to you this tweet. Let me read to you this tweet. Let me find it here first because I did retweet it. Here it is. At JBA Andrews, Trump speaking to reporters again. He is now claiming his speech before insurrection was, quote, totally appropriate. And in parentheses, he puts... It was not. <clears throat> it was not. To echo what I heard the great Rush Limbaugh saying recently, then play the thing. Jim, then play the speech. Play and articulate what it is, your exact um, problem with the speech. Where was it in the speech that Trump said, let's go burn this blank down, as was the case in Ferguson, Missouri, several years ago, when, um, when be, before those riots kicked off, show me that that point in time. Show me that that line. Twitter, even if you look at why Twitter has bumped, kicked Trump off their platform, and Twitter, Twitter's reeling with with people leaving their per, their platform. You would think in a sane world that they would care about those. I don't think that they do. They're saying good riddance to conservatives. In fact, they're probably saying. It's either you leave on your own or we're going to kick you off anyway. That's really the place that we've that we've reached in this country. But Jim Acosta, Jim Very Fake News Acosta, probably fresh off of another wrestling match with a female intern in the White House to get a microphone, keep her from taking the microphone, one which she almost lost, by the way. I think if she really tried, she would have wrestled that, that microphone away from Jim Very Fake News Acosta. In fact, I think Jim Acosta... Needs to spend a little bit more time in the training room with tough guy Chris Cuomo. Maybe because I'm sure Chris Cuomo had some uh, some techniques and tactics where he could have shown him some new some new moves or wrist locks to break the uh, the 20 year old intern's grip on the microphone, so he could have protected that a little bit easier as he did 
sometime earlier in Trump's administration in the wherever it was, the White House briefing room or wherever. But anyway, this is how the, the, the news media I just want to compare and contrast because the media how do I how do I say this? The media is, of course, you know is not the media. There are very, very few journalists. We can count them on I don't know. Maybe on two hands. I, I don't know. But there's there's not a lot of journalism out there today. Journalism today means that you, as the liberal elitist, take to your podium, grab your microphone, grab your laptop, and you tell people what you want them to think about something that happened. Or, or you decide what you're not going to tell them. You're going to decide how much you... Uh, rile them up over something that happened that is um, that happens in other administrations you're going to do whatever you can to make people buy into the narrative that this that President Trump is a danger that he's Hitler um, by the way I saw someone say that you know um, dictators don't get censored I think I saw that on social media somewhere that's a pretty darn good point Dictators don't get censored. In fact, dictators do the censoring. So ask yourselves who the real threat is here. But anyway, anyway, the way that the media approaches this, they, they don't want to give you information. They want to make you think a certain thing. And that, my friends, is a scary proposition for a free-thinking country. I think a lot of these folks, a lot of these folks that are drawn into this nonsense, a lot of folks never learned how to think. In America today, and that you know goes back to our school systems. Our schools are not the best at this. And look, I know we've got great teachers. This isn't a knock on individual teachers, but when the system is designed uh, one way, and you have a lot of folks, um, you know, pushing in that direction, it's kind of hard to combat it on your own. So I mean, this is not an indictment against individual teachers, although there's certainly many individual teachers that are part of the problem, but there's many good teachers as well. But just our education system in general, we we focus more on teaching people what to remember, teaching people what to remember. And I can tell you some stories really quickly. I'm reminded of a time in college myself when we had a, um, it was something, it was like the politics of education, I think was the course at Butler and uh, it was an upper level course and it was designed for people in education and for people in political science and the idea was for the people in political science who might be going into i don't know school boards or maybe work in government and issues of education come up you could see firsthand you have experience in the schools you have experience working alongside of folks that were going to be educators you got to see what they were doing and then likewise the educators got to see from the perspective through the lens of policy you know, makers or maybe people that were interested in being school board members or, again, uh, working in the state house or wherever and um, actually involved in, in educational issues. And so I distinctively remember one day we were a small group. We always did group projects. I'm not a big fan of the group project, but whatever. We were doing it. And I remember – one of the students, she was a very, very, I mean, she was an intelligent, very likable, kind, good-hearted uh, girl. She was going to be uh, studying to be a teacher. And we were talking about an issue, 
And I said something, and she said, well, that's not what the book said. And I looked at her, and I said, well, I don't really care what the book says. Like, what do you think? And you could tell it, it was a mind, an eye-opening experience and a mind-boggling experience for me because this was a very, a very smart, intelligent, capable young lady. But she was of the mindset that you take what the book says, you just – you don't you don't have a filter. You don't use what the book says and then critically think about it. You just put it into your memory bank. And then you 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 either regurgitate that or you um I don't know, you that's what you do without any questions. And that's just not how I'm wired, folks. You know that. It's not how you're wired. Most of you, we there's a difference between knowing how to think and knowing what to think. And I think we haven't taught people how to think, meaning how to go through the process of critical thinking, how to actually, when someone says Trump um, inspired a riot, to say, okay, how did Trump do that? Most people say, oh, the media says Trump inspired a riot. Jim Acosta puts in parentheses here in his tweet that Trump, um, what he did not. Um, his speech was not totally appropriate. The media is telling me that. That's not the media's job. I wish I had <laughs> – I had the, it is so blatantly obvious to, to anyone with critical thinking. The job of the media is to get information out. They're not to tell you what is true or not in the sense of what to – how to interpret information. That is up to you to do. But that is assuming that you have – that we have as Americans critical thinking skills. And candidly, we've put all the pressure, all the focus on memorizing information and not learning how to think about it on our own, right? Give me the information. Let me let me analyze, synthesize, piece together, pull apart, come up with my questions, and then I will develop what I think about that. Don't say this is the way to think about it. You better do it or I give you a bad grade in the education world. This is the information. You better tell us the right way to think about it or you'll be penalized. That's not the way that it works. And that's not the way to my larger point. I got to take a break here. That's the difference between talk uh, radio and the media. I come on here every day and others do as well. I come on here every day and I give you, um, we talk about issues and I give you my perspectives. I raise questions. I articulate the the reasoning and the rationale for what I think. I tell you the things I'm concerned about. Sometimes I tell you what I think's going on. Sometimes I say I don't necessarily know what's going on, but I still see this as a problem because of X, Y, or Z. And then you're thinking about this as I'm talking. The exact polar opposite is happening happening in the news media. The people who rely upon the media to give them information, are being told what to think each and every day. It's sad. It really is. It really is. Because, again, as a Christian, I believe that we're all created. I know that we're all created in the image of God and that we all have this tremendous – I mean, God is – God created us. God gave us abilities and talents, and there's – that's within us all. And within us all is the the ability to be incredibly uh, our our abilities are we we limit ourselves uh, 
much more than um, anything else. We're the oftentimes the source of, I don't know, limitation, doubt, what have you. And it's there for us to do something with if we take ownership. If we say, what am I going to do about this? What do I think about this? Instead of thinking, oh, Jim Acosta told me that that, that Trump's speech was totally inappropriate. Okay. okay, it must have been. Well, why is it? I don't know. Have you ever heard it? No. Why was it inappropriate? Because Acosta told me. You trust Jim Acosta? Well, yeah, he's up there at the microphone. He's at the White House. CNN puts their logo on his business card. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think about CNN? CNN's the news media. I got to trust them. Why? Have they done anything to earn your trust? Well, no. Do you walk around the rest of your life interacting with people like this? Do you ever require someone that you first meet to earn your trust? Are you just unequivocally, just without any doubts or questions, just, just trust them completely? Do you shake their hand and say, hey, I'm, I'm Todd. Here's my checkbook, my social security number. Here's the key to my house. Here's my wife's maiden name. Is that how we (laughs) – isn't there a process? Why? Why do we trust these folks who, by the way, have demonstrated time and time and time and time and time again that they are professional deceivers? Jim Acosta, in my estimation, is one of the most dishonest, disingenuous, uh, just – just he he should not be trusted. No one should take this guy seriously, but yet they do. I'm long in this segment. i got to take a break. More on this when we get back. A little bit more about this, and then we'll get into impeachment. AOC's out there lecturing billionaires about, about what they, uh, what she wants to take from them, and it's not just their money. So a lot of stuff to get to, folks. Crazy, crazy times. Last week of Trump's presidency, but yet they're still moving towards impeachment. No one's asking. Well, you are, but in a broader sense. People aren't asking why. They're letting the media tell them what to think about it. So get into that. When we return, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in, back in just a minute. back my friends by the way i want to mention here that this program is brought to you by our friends at freegee and freegee auctions and marketing now for those of you that have listened for some time you know you know that um tj tj freegee one of the uh folks behind the scenes running the show at freegee and freegee auctioneers he was uh, – we've been friends since since uh, uh, probably – I don't know if it was like middle school years or early high school years. We played basketball together. TJ was the the center on the football team, and he was uh, one of the forwards on our basketball team. And you can tell him that I said he was a gun. TJ was our sixth man, and he would come in. And I knew when TJ got the ball off the bench, he was going to light it up. He was going to put that baby up there which was uh, sometimes he got hot, sometimes he didn't. But he put the ball up on the <laughs> up towards the basket, which uh, good times. But so I've known TJ for a while. But what he does, I mean, he's they're very, very good at what they do. And, and um, I know many of you, if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't had the experience of going to an auction, 
TJ does a fantastic job and his team. Um, in fact, TJ is one that does the uh, Barrett-Jackson auctions. So TJ can actually put on a suit and tie, get up there on on camera. But I will say, like me, face for radio, TJ, no offense. But um, if you've not been to an auction, I encourage you, you know, to check out TJ's or the Free G Auctioneers uh, auctions. In fact, you can go and see some upcoming auctions on their website, freegauctioneers.com. That's freegauctioneers.com. Check them out and be sure to tell them that Huffer, as TJ knows me, sent you. So um, let's get back here um, to this, this discussion about the difference between talk radio. See, I respect you and your ability to think versus the media, and they think that they need to tell you what to think about something. I never think that. In fact, you know, I don't have a teleprompter. I don't have a script. Sometimes I have notes. Usually what I just have are a bunch of links, and I sit down and talk to you about the things that I've read and thought about and that sort of thing. I don't need a teleprompter. I don't need someone in my ear. Uh, we have Oz over here, but Oz, other than telling me it's time to shut up and take a break or reminding me of something I said I was going to do, I don't have anybody telling me what to say to you. I talk to you like an adult. I talk to you like I would talk to someone um, if we were having a discussion at the kitchen table or in the car or wherever. Media doesn't do that. The media, what they do is they get their teams together. They have their meetings, right? We've seen this. James O'Keefe, who, by the way, leaked something um, about PBS's, uh, uh, one of the attorneys there, who's an absolute disaster, some of the stuff this lunatic was saying caught on tape by the way you ever notice how tough these folks are on when they're you know not knowing that they're um you know when they're they're when they're talking where they think privately they're they're making these big bombastic claims and then james keefe comes along and says hey this is what you told our undercover reporter why don't you uh, you want to explain yourself these folks suddenly turn into the biggest cowards on the face of the planet anyway there's that that's out there as well see Oz is telling me right now it's time to take a break but I'm gonna go I'm gonna finish this thought so so the media they have meetings again James O'Keefe has has shown us what happens in these meetings and they talk about what narrative do we want to push today what narrative do is that is that what you think the media should be doing ask yourself that I don't care what they tell you I don't care if it is the, a, a, a news organization that is trying to say the things that they, that they know you want them to say. I don't care if you agree ideologically with them 100% or not, or 0%. If it's CNN or Newsmax or anyone in between, OAN, MSNBC, whoever it is, do, do you really think that a narrative – now, I understand talk shows or people who – who are commentators, but I'm talking about the news the news portion of a program. Do you want them to tell you to, to decide what the narrative of the information you're going to receive today is? Is that what you want? Is that is that reasonable? Is that rational? Is that what the media should be doing? So then the executives have those meetings, and then that goes filters down to the journalists, the so-called journalists, the professional deceivers, and they have meetings, and they put on makeup, and they pretty themselves up as best they can. They put on their suits and ties or dresses or whatever, and someone plugs information into a teleprompter, and away we go. Away we go. These folks just read what's on there. 
they probably study and uh, you know work on their facial expressions especially when talking about trump they have to they have to look dismayed <laughs> they have to look terrified they have to they have to be maybe a little bit of dramatic acting thrown in there as well is that what you want is that what we is that is that what we need heavens no that's not what we need you know what we need we need a group of americans who are free thinking who are critical thinkers who just want information and say shut up on the commentary fake news let me figure out what i think about this and we don't have many of that we do in talk radio and it's why there's a bond because you know that i respect you and you know that when i get behind this microphone or whatever other show you listen to there may be some exceptions where you don't feel this way but i'm just saying you know that when i get here i tell you what i think you may not always agree but i tell you why i think it i tell you why i'm concerned that's why I have liberals that listen to this program. I have no personal, I literally have no personal animosity towards liberals. You know, the people I, I don't have any, uh, I, I literally, if, if I've found someone, if I get an email and or I encountered someone who's uh, a sophist or someone who just is, is a, a rebel rouser, I, 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 those are the folks, I just, I just ignore them. I have no personal animosity. I have no... I just ignore them. You can be a radical, anti-God, ultra-leftist and want to engage with me, even challenge me on ideas. We can get along just fine. But if you're someone who comes in just to try to uh, you know, be difficult, cause trouble, be arrogant, self-righteous, I literally, I literally ignore it. If you send one message like that, you'll never, ever have your message get before me again. I pay no attention. And I literally don't care because you're not, you're not part of the solution in my estimation. And I rem, I'm reminded of how you know, Jesus dealt with the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the people that really weren't interested in getting to the truth. Jesus uh, was pretty direct and harsh with. But if individuals came to him with tough questions, he would challenge them, right? And please, I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm saying the, the method. I'm not by any stretch saying that. You know, comparing myself to, to make, make that clear to Jesus. I'm just saying the way that we deal with uh, certain people depends upon how they come at the situation. If you disagree, fine, challenge me, ask me questions. But if you're going to mock, insult, ridicule, like I literally just, I, there's just no space in my head for that. You're, 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 people like that are the definition of the problem. So I actually welcome, I actually welcome people with the opposite ideas that I have more than people who are similar to my way of thinking who just want to um who are interested in persuading moving the needle who just want to malign attack and insult everybody because that's not going to fix anything and you won't find me pushing in the same direction so anyway long in this segment see i tried but she she knows but it's time for me to take a break I need to listen. So quick timeout. Come back and continue our talk here. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So I was thinking right as I was wrapping up, I... That last segment, I was thinking about a story I have heard, um, and I, I can't remember if I heard Zig Ziglar tell this on an audio 
tape that, that dates me a little bit or a CD. I think I never had audio tapes. I had CDs. And some folks listening say, what's a CD? Um, it was an MP3 on a little plastic disc that you could slide in, <laughs> slide into your uh, radio. There was a thin little sliver at the top of the radio in your car. I'm talking about in your vehicle. Sometimes you actually, I actually at one point didn't have a CD player in the car. I had to get the thing where you plugged into the, did you, did it plug into the, like the ash, the, the cigarette lighter thing? Somehow you connected the cigarette. No, you had the tape that went into the cassette tape deck. I'm asking Oz this. She's looking at me like I'm crazy. But you had the tape that you put in the tape deck and then it connected to an external CD player so you could connect your CD player to uh, your car radio which worked well unless you hit bumps and then the cd player would often skip anyway it's a whole nother story back when i was a kid sort of thing but i remember listening to zig ziglar and i have a zig ziglar recently passed away in fact many of you uh, may have been listening here uh, a month or so ago when we had a guest chris dunham a friend of mine a personal friend a just all-around good guy um he was uh, Zig Ziglar was his mentor, and Zig kind of took him under his wing. And to hear some of those stories has special significance to me because of the because of the impact Zig Ziglar had upon me when I was uh, fresh out of college. Well, I ran a horse farm for a couple of years, but after that, fresh out of college and in the professional workforce, um, in in selling, Zig Ziglar taught me. Uh, whatever success I had in, in selling came could be almost personally attributed to the great Zig Ziglar. So just a man of character, a faithful man of God um, who, who taught you the right way. If there's salespeople out there listening to my voice right now and you're looking for someone to learn from, I get, this is a, not a paid endorsement or anything like that. Just Zig Ziglar stuff. If you can get your hands on his books, his uh, his audio or his program listen to that because the guy was a master true master of what he did had a tremendous impact on me but i remember and again i don't know if he if i i've listened to so many things i can't remember if i read this or if i heard him say it on a you know on one of his you know cds or whatever but he was at a at an event he was at an event and he was speaking. Zig did a lot of speaking. In fact, there used to be things called get motivated seminars. And Zig, I think, was the um, the the main act, if you will. And they had big name people. I remember seeing Rudy Giuliani. Chris spoke at these, by the way, who I mentioned or who, who came on the program. Uh, he shared. Chris actually shared the gospel at these things. I mean, this was at the RCA Dome years ago. And I mean, there were fifty thousand people there. So, I mean, it's massive numbers of people to hear all these folks speak and then zig would come on and do his presentation for an hour or whatever and just a master at what he did anyway i could go on and on about this but i want to tell you a very quick story about zig so zig is at one of these events i don't know if it's one of those big events or if it's one of these like a room full of a couple thousand people you know people paying good money to hear uh, experts uh, and people that you know kind of seminar things on selling or running your business something along those lines one of those t- types of events and zig was you know had his time on stage and i'm not going to mention the name of the other person that was um that did what happened here because that would not be i don't think appropriate um 
but there was another person, a person whose name you would almost certainly know. When, when that person was on stage, um, that person came off stage, and the, all the speakers were kind of back there behind stage. And Zig was you know, either waiting for his time to go up or he had already come off. And he heard this individual start mocking one of the people in the audience. And he said, this lady or whatever, she was asking, what an idiot. I can't believe she asked me those questions. Of course, on stage, this individual answered the question and probably did all the right things and treated them kindly or whatever, but internally had a problem. And so comes backstage and lets this lady have it. What an idiot, blah, 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 going on and on and on. Zig walks up, (laughs) Zig Ziglar walks up to the person who's in charge of organizing this event. And Zig Ziglar very calmly, but very, um, I don't know, very confidently says, look, I love doing these events. I'm happy to do these, but I will never share the stage with that person again. So if your next event has me and that person on it, you have to decide which one of us you want. And if you want that person, great. Just cross me out and call someone else in. But if you want me here, I'm not sharing a stage with that because that is the antithesis of what I believe and stand for. And so that, my friends, that, my friends, is more of a problem in this country. People with that condescending attitude. Like you look at the people who are dancing on the proverbial grave of parlor. They think parlor's over. They celebrate this. Why? You know, I, I want the other side to have a microphone and a voice. You know why? Because I think putting our ideas head to head, we thump them, folks. Metaphorically, I don't want anyone to think, you know, listening to the archives of this program, I think I'm calling for violence by saying that. But we metaphorically, in the world of ideas, thump them. They can't stand on their own. People whose ideas cannot stand in the world of debate want to silence the other side. That is just a fact of life. That is a technique, and they're celebrating it right before your very eyes. Applauding, clapping, mocking. Those are the same folks Zig Ziglar would never, it doesn't matter their ideology, folks. He would not share the stage with them in this example, metaphor. He wouldn't share it with them because of their behavior. It's a pathetic existence, but they're out there, and there's a lot of them. And they're empowered because, you know, because the folks that are doing this and acting like this and, and spewing hatred, um, it really connects and resonates with, with people. It's really a pathetic thing to watch. But that's why I'm proud we're conservative, not bitter. You don't have to agree with one word I say. Just just do it the right way. That's all I ask. Quick timeout. Appreciate all of you for listening to this program, no matter what you believe. Quick timeout is in order. Sit tight. We'll come back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, by the way, if you're worried about us getting canceled from social media, I mean, your concerns are real, let's say. (laughs) Your concerns are real because of what we've seen from these Stalinists here over the past couple of days, week, whatever it is now. Um, They want to silence the opposition. The best way – now, you can follow us on – I mean, we continually try to find platforms 
or places where we know that we're you can always find us ultimately i can't control any of that all i can control is our website toddhuffshow.com um and and that's well and our email list so if you want to make sure that we don't get disconnected if you want to be a part of you know a, a group of, of like-minded conservatives people that are concerned about the constitution i encourage you to sign up for our email it's totally free in fact if you want a free membership card of the conservative not bitter party i know a lot of people are saying enough with the republican party and i i agree on that um well i agree with some sentiments i don't i don't know that it's time to have a third party. There's, there's a whole list of problems with that or issues or things to consider so that's neither an endorsement or a uh, a rejection of the idea. Just people are looking for a new political home. So you can get your membership card of the conservative, not bitter party, totally free. You don't have to, but if you give us an address, we'll send you one of those, and you can prove to your friends that you are in fact a card carrying member of the conservative, not bitter party. But the more important thing is to is to um, if you want to stay connected to, and to join a group of like minded people who we're going to roll out some things here. Um, so we're actually going to try to to organize and do some things um, to affect the political landscape, particularly in Indiana, our home base. You can all, but but to do that, you we have to have a way to we'll put it on social media. But again, who knows what that? But the best way is toddhuffshow.com slash subscribe. It's totally free. You don't have to spend a nickel with us. Hope some of you do. <laughs> again, as I've said, but that's not what this is about, folks. We are in an ideological. Um, an ideological battle here, and we must win this for the Constitution, for liberty, for freedom. And so I invite you to do that, and there's been a lot of you that have signed up, and I appreciate that. So with that being said, uh, I didn't get to any of these other things that I wanted to get to, and I apologize for that. But I think I think the things we talked about today, uh, identifying you know one of the key problems – and the difference, uh, the reason that talk radio works, the reason why you listen, I think these are fundamentally important things to understand and to be able to articulate to people who tell you, well, you just tune into this guy and you do whatever he says. He tells you what to think. That's categorically false. And we've explained that in depth today. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. We'll come back in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. I need to tell you, attorneys are my my vast, vast team of attorneys. Remind me constantly to make sure that I tell you, make sure that I tell you that listening to this program may in fact cause you to lean to the right. So if you're operating heavy machinery out there today, be careful. Find yourself veering off the, the side of the road. We do not take any responsibility for that. You have been advised, and 98% of scientists agree that that is the case. That's even 1% more than agree that man is contributing to the cause of global climate change. So you have been warned. Folks, I appreciate you. Talk radio is a powerful medium. It works, and you are the reason for that. And I am grateful. I feel grateful so often, and I'm just uh, thrilled to be here, and I appreciate you listening or watching, I guess, very much. Guys, SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.